0: Hey, and welcome to another very special episode of AT Banter. Holly Jolly Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is, of course, the podcast where we normally talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. Hey, my name is Rob Minot uh and joining me today mr ryan flurry the elf on the shelf himself no don't say that man that's this is a creepy i didn't i didn't tell our show a lot yesterday i didn't really realize the uh how they were marketing that thing and yeah oh yeah. Creepy.
1: yeah 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 we have one too but it doesn't move around the house so. oh, I,
0: thank god
1: <laughs> it just stays up on the shelf <laughs> Ah, one of these mornings so though I should throw it like on the end of the bed and then wake up and go what the f-?
0: Yeah, I mean I can't I I'm so glad they didn't have that thing when I was a kid cuz that would have yeah. freaked me out <laughs> especially after such horror movies as like, you know, the Chucky series and yeah, Child's Play. Yeah, yeah like I mean yeah. Or you have
1: it like taped to the window outside. You wake up, like out the window, you see something looking at it. <laughs> right.
0: Scary I love it. Scary enough. <laughs> Scary enough. The whole Santa mythology, where he sees you when you're sleeping, he knows. Talking when you're awake. snowman and it's crazy. Yeah, Anyways, we digress. Go listen to last week's episode uh, if uh, you want to hear us ramble on more about uh, Elf on the Shelf and many other <laughs> uh, Christmas hot takes. Uh, we had we had Absolutely. quite a lot of fun last week. Uh, so, we uh, turn however, however, Mr. Flurry, why, why don't we tell people what we're doing today? Because today we're doing something a little special too, a little, a little Christmassy, a little Christmas bonus. Yes, a
1: bonus Christmas episode, as Rob said. So, today we are going to take you back to 1975, when on the CBS Radio Mystery Theater, they played A Christmas Carol.
0: Rob I, uh, plays
1: Mr. Scrooge.
0: <laughs> you know what? Maybe that's what we'll do next Christmas. Maybe we'll actually uh, put <laughs> Act on a oak. radio, our own radio production of a Christmas Carol. That's a great idea. There you go. Actually, that's a really good idea. I'm I'm writing that down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you do, because we're we'll we're gonna have to start rehearsing now
0: for next year. Because yep. you know how how good actors we
1: are. Well, we have to find enough people to play all the characters too, right? Oh, totally. So. We could
0: we could have done it last week. We got we got plenty of people. I know, totally. so I need time to plan all this and <sighs> prepare this. Okay, that's great. Okay, I love this idea. <laughs> Anyways, that's not what we're doing today, and that's you're not, not even going to have today. to listen to us babble at all, because uh, we're going to actually shut up here in a moment, and we're going to play uh, the radio play for everybody's enjoyment. So we thought uh, it was a fitting a fitting tale this close to Christmas, uh, and I didn't realize this, but uh, you know when, do you know when A Christmas Carol was written? No. Uh, it was written, by, of course, by Charles Dickens. I'm sure you mm-hmm. knew that. Yep. In 1843. Interesting. Yeah. Did you
1: also know that I recently found out there's a quote in A Christmas Carol, and I don't have the reference at hand, but I can put it in the show notes or send it to you to put it in the show notes afterwards, but there's reference of a guide dog in A Christmas Carol.
0: No kidding. No, I did not Mm -hmm.
1: know that. Yeah, I just found out about that a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yeah, you should send that to me. Well, I have another factoid for you then before we get started. Uh, The the term Merry Christmas, Um, even though it had been used previously to A a Christmas Carol being published, uh, it was this story and its popularity that really uh, made that a popular phrase in Victorian England. So... Uh, Hmm. If it wasn't for a Christmas car, we probably wouldn't be saying Merry Christmas. We'd
1: be saying ahoy. I don't even know. I don't know what we'd (laughs) be saying. (laughs) Don't freeze to death. That's what we'd be saying. Don't freeze to death. I know, talking about freezing to death, my half-sister's husband posted on Facebook this morning. He's in northern Alberta, and it's minus 40 today with the wind chill. feels like minus 51.
0: Wow, that's insane.
1: Isn't that crazy?
0: Well, heck, even here we're getting, uh, you know, we're we're getting down to, to, you know, minus ten, which for Vancouver is very cold. So yeah, I think they
1: said overnight tonight or tomorrow it's supposed to feel like minus twenty-three.
0: Well, there you go, Sue. We won't have to act very hard to make it feel like we are in eighteen forties Victoria, England, trying to stay warm by the fire. So that's right. Make sure you got your. Supply of firewood handy. That's right. So to our audience, put the, put the podcast on pause, go get a hot chocolate, sit back, and let's listen to a Christmas carol together.
2: All right. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... G. Marshall, this is a very special occasion for me. I'm to be a little more than your host. This time, I will not only be introducing the story, but telling it to you, acting it out. The Mystery Theater's special Christmas story this year, Charles Dickens' the Immortal Classic, A Christmas Carol, with guess who as Scrooge? Bah, Humbug. A Christmas Carol was adapted from the Charles Dickens classic especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin. Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol begins like this. Marley was dead to begin with. There is no doubt about that whatever. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker, and the chief mourner, Scrooge, signed it. Old Marley was dead as a doornail. Ebenezer Scrooge? Oh, he was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone. Hard and sharp as flint, from which no steel had ever struck out generous fire. Solitary as an oyster... He iced his office in the dog days and didn't thaw it out one degree, even at Christmas. A oh, Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you. Uh, what, what, oh, what? Oh, it's you, nephew. What brings you here on a miserable, cold, windy night like tonight? Ah, cold and windy, yes, and the snow falling softly. A perfect Christmas Eve to say Merry Christmas, Uncle. Ah! Humbug. Christmas a humbug? Oh, you don't mean that, I'm sure. I do. Merry Christmas. What right have you to be merry, or the world at large? What reason have you yourself to be merry? You're poor enough. Oh, come then. (laughs) What reason have you to be dismal? What reason have you to be morose? You're rich enough. Don't you taunt me, Fred. (laughs) Ha, ha. And don't indulge yourself in expectations. Humbug. Take me as I am, uncle, and as the season is, and don't be cross. Where else can I be when I live in a world of fools? Christmas. Phooey. What's Christmas time to you but a time for paying bills without money? Time for finding yourself a year older and not... An hour richer. If I could work my will, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled in his own plum pudding and buried with a stake of holly to his heart. Oh, come along, Uncle. Can you not let down for once and enjoy your bones? <laughs> come along, nephew. Keep Christmas in your own way. Let me keep it in mine. Yes, but you don't keep it. Leave me alone, then. Much good it may do you. Much good has it ever done you. Oh, there are a lot of things, Uncle, from which I've never profited. Christmas among the rest. Except that when it comes around, who can resist it? A kind of forgiving time of year when men and women seem by one consent to open up their hearts freely. So then I say, Uncle, though it never put a scrap of silver or gold in my pocket, I
3: believe it has and will do me good, and so I say, God bless it.
2: Who's that? What's that, sir?
3: I, I, I'm sorry, Mr. Scrooge. It's, it's just that it is a holiday, and,
2: and my hands were so cold. Just yes, let me hear another word from you, Bob Cratchit, and you'll keep your Christmas by losing your employment. Oh, please, sir. I i humbly beg your pardon. It was just a, an action on the spur of the moment. Well, just apply the spur to goad you into finishing your work, Cratchit, and let's hear no more from you. Yes, sir. Well, nephew... Why are you here? To ask you to dine with us tomorrow. Dine with you? Hmm? Never. There's nothing more ridiculous than all the fuss and expense over Christmas dinner. Oh, Uncle, I want and ask nothing from you. Why can't we be friends? Good afternoon. Well, with all my heart, I'm sorry to find you so resolute. At least... I wish you a merry Christmas. Good afternoon. And a happy new year. Good afternoon. And be sure to make the front door fast. No wasting of heat here. No extra logs on the fire. Yes, Uncle. Mr. Cratchit.
3: Yes, sir? May I wish you a merry Christmas and a happy new year. The first I am sure of, and I and I thank you. The other... Ah, I... who knows
2: what the future holds. Be of good hope. nerve of all of them. My nephew Westro, Westrow and Bob Cratchit on 15 shillings a week with a wife and family talking about a merry Christmas. (laughs) Enough to make a man retire to Bedlam. They're all mad, mad. Uh, Begging your pardon, Mr. Scrooge, a gentleman to see you. Yes, 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 yes. Scrooge and Marley's, I believe. Have I the honor of addressing Mr. Scrooge or Mr. Marley? Mr. Marley has been dead for seven years. He died seven years ago this very night. Ah, sad. Sad indeed. Still, I have no doubt his liberality is well represented by his surviving partner. Liberality? At this festive season, it is more than usually desirable that we all make some slight provision for the poor and destitute. You may make your pledge here. Are there no prisons? We speak of the needy. The union workhouses are not still in operation. They are. I wish I could say they were not. A few of us private citizens are endeavouring to raise a fund to buy the poor some meat and drink and means of warmth. What shall I put you down for, Mr. Scrooge? Nothing. Of course... You wish to be anonymous? I wish to be left alone. By tax, I help to support the establishments we have mentioned. They cost enough and more. Let those who are badly off go there. Many can't go there. And many would rather die. <laughs> if they would rather die than let them do so and decrease the surplus population. Good afternoon, sir, whatever your name is. I find you hard to believe, Mr. Scrooge. it. Let him out. Close the door, Cratchit. To extinguish what cold remains?
4: Uh,
3: uh, Yes, sir.
2: Uh, uh, No, sir. Come here. Uh, Coming, Mr. Scrooge. You'll want all day tomorrow, I suppose. It's quite convenient, sir. It's not convenient. And it's not fair. If I was to stop half a crown for it, you'd think yourself ill-used, I'd be bound. Well, sir, I And mean... yet you don't think me ill-used when I pay a day's wages for no work. I,
3: I would not presume to have an opinion, but then it is only
2: one day a year. A yeah, poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. But I suppose I have no choice. You must have the whole day. Just make sure you are here earlier the following morning. I dined my usual melancholy dinner in the usual melancholy tavern. Afterwards, climbed the stairs to my living quarters in the gloom. Something about my door knocker stopped me as I was about to put key in lock. For one strange moment, it looked like Molly, ghostly spectacles turned up on its ghostly forehead. To say that I was not startled would not be strictly true. And even after I was entered and locked in and my candle lit I did pause irresolutely before I dismissed it with <laughs> humbug. <laughs> humbug still I was uneasy trimming my candle I walked through all my rooms to make sure all was well sitting room, bedroom lumber room all as it should be small fire in the grate spoon and basin ready little saucepan of gruel since I had a cold. <phone rings> What's that? The front door. The side door. The bell by my bed. The one on the mantel and, 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 and on the sideboard. What do they herald? Who rings them? The cellar door. And that noise. What? what? Well, I won't believe it. <laughs> hey, 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 there's a zombie still. Grim spectre. What do you want with me? much. Who are you?
4: Ask me who I was.
2: Who were you then? In life, I was your partner, Jacob Marley. Uh, you don't believe in I me? I don't. Why do you doubt your senses? Because a little thing affects them. A slight disorder of the stomach makes them cheats... You may be a bit of undigested beef, a blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of underdone potato. There's more of gravy about you than the grave, wherever you are. <laughs> humbug, I tell you, humbug. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Unbeliever! So, I unwrapped the bandages from about my head to reveal the rotting flesh, the jaw fallen slackly to my breast... The muscles eaten long since by worms. Now, do you believe me for who and what I am? Yes, oh, mercy, dread apparition. Why do you trouble me?
4: I must.
2: Why Uh, are you fettered and bound in chains?
4: I wear
2: the chain I forged in life. I made it, link by link. I girded it on of my own free will. Is its pattern so strange to you or would you learn the weight and length of the coil you wear yourself? It was full and as heavy and as long as mine these seven Christmas eves ago and you have labored on it since. Ah, my once partner in life What a ponderous chain you have built to drag you down in death. No, no, Jacob. Old Jacob Marley, speak some comfort to me. I have none to give. I cannot stay. I cannot linger anywhere. My spirit never walked beyond our counting house in life. So, in death, weary journeys lie before me. Seven years dead and traveling all the time? No rest, no peace. The incessant torture of remorse. I am here tonight, Ebenezer, to warn you that you have yet a hope of escaping my fate. Oh, you were always a good friend, Sankey. You will be haunted by three spirits... That is the hope you mentioned? It is. Uh, I, I, I think I'd rather not. Without their visits, you have no hope but to shun the path I tread. Expect the first tomorrow, when the bell tolls What? But couldn't I take them all at once and have it over? Expect the second on the next night at the same hour. The third when the last stroke of twelve has ceased to vibrate on your mantle clock. And for your own sake, remember what has passed between us. Passed between us. Um, Jacob, passed do not, not leave me, me yet. But he was gone as if he had never been. And yet... He had been, and Ebenezer Scrooge would never be the same man again. He fell asleep without undressing upon the instant. A sleep that was destined to be disturbed, as I shall relate when I return with Act Two.
5: Dr. Margaret Mead presents alternatives for working mothers. When I was a
3: child... I was always very much interested in children, and as I was growing up, I hoped to have six children, and I planned their names. Now, for many years, I was unable to have children. Finally, I was successful in having one child, whom I enjoyed very much, who was born just at the beginning of World War II. What I did was to move in with another family, and we shared the tasks of supporting and looking after this very large household, which is, I feel, the great solution for women who want to have children and also want to follow some kind of career.
5: Families together can find new ways of child care so mothers can fully realize their God-given potential. Consider this option when you make choices. This Affirmation of Family by the Mennonite Churches.
4: That go bump, bump. And sometimes I can hear it thump. And Daddy says that in my chest, I have two things that are the best. They call them lungs, for breathing air. You never see them, but they're there. And if I breathe in air that's clean, I'll grow up like a jumping bean. Whenever I see any smoke, I'll run away before I choke. And something even better yet. I'll never smoke a cigarette. I'll breathe the air that's clean and free. So I can keep on being me.
5: Clear the smoke from your family image and from your lungs. And remember, your kids may never start if you stop. Quitting is tough, but your lung association says it's a matter of life and breath.
2: It was dark, and the chimes of a neighborhood church were striking the four quarters. To his amazement, they were followed by twelve strokes of the bell. Twelve? Impossible. It was two when he went to bed. I could have slept through a whole day and far into another night. As I lay, I suddenly remembered that Marley had said a ghost would visit me at one.
5: Who are you? I am the ghost of Christmas past.
2: Long past?
5: Your past. Don't you recognize me?
2: A strange figure, almost like a child the outlines dimly seen. It wore a tunic of purest white and a branch of fresh green holly in its hand in the singular contradiction to the dress which was trimmed with summer flowers. But strangest of all, above its crown sprang a bright, clear jet of light which illuminated the darkest corner but obscured the face. And under its arm a cap which looked for all the world like a candle snuffer. For some reason, I wanted it to put on its cap. Uh,
5: The light is blinding. Would you not put on your cap? Would you so soon put out with worldly hands the light I shed? Is it not enough that you are the one who fashioned me this cap and forced me to wear it low upon my brow? I?
2: What business brings you here?
5: Your welfare.
2: If you would regard my welfare, you would leave my sleep unbroken. Your...
5: Reclamation, then. Take heed. Rise and walk with me.
2: I cannot resist your command. But I am an old man, lightly clad and... (coughs) nursing a cold to boot.
5: Do not deny me. Come. Follow me. All of a
2: sudden, I was flying, floating on air. The night had vanished as the city below me... and I was looking down on the country in the clear, cold light of day... with snow dusting the ground. Good heavens! I was bred in this place. I was a boy here.
5: Your lip is trembling. What is that upon your cheek?
2: Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. The wind makes my eyes water. Lead me where you will.
5: Do you not remember the way?
2: Remember it... I could walk it blindfold.
5: Strange to have forgotten it so many years. Let us set our feet on the road.
2: I will not tell you most of where we wandered as time stood still or raced ahead at a whim. The school where I was a child. The house I grew up in, an orphan. A terrible rush of tears remembering another outcast. A foreigner. An alien who, in our mutual loneliness, had once befriended me. <laughs> Poor Ali Baba. I... I... It's too late now. What is too late? Uh, nothing. There was a boy singing a Christmas carol at my door last night. I should like to have given him something. That's all. What might
5: have been. Let us see another Christmas. brought you up, passed away. Oh, Always no. a delicate creature whom a breath might have withered. But she had a large heart.
2: Amen to that. I will not gainsay it, spirit.
5: When she died, she had, I think, children.
2: One child.
5: True. Your nephew?
2: Yes. We traveled further, scenes flashing by like slides in a magic lantern, Fezziwig in his Welsh wig, my first employer. His Christmas parties with a groaning table and everyone dancing with a light foot and heart to the festive music. His kind wife and the joy of working at a desk one wasn't nailed to. And then... Someone I had shut away
5: so long ago. What is it, Scrooge? That girl. Whom you shall sit beside. No. Oh, Yes. This shadow, most of all, don't you remember me?
2: I told you the
5: light blinds me. Then remember me as I was before you put my light out.
2: No tears, I beg you.
5: None. If the idol who has replaced me can cheer and comfort you, I must not grieve. What idol? A golden one. Nothing but gain engrosses you.
2: So, if I have grown wiser, I am not changed toward you.
5: Our marriage contract was made when we were both poor. You are changed. When it was made, you were another man.
2: I was a boy. Whatever
5: you were, I freely offer you your release.
2: Have I ever sought it?
5: In words? Never. How, then? In a changed nature in everything that made my love of any worth or value in your sight. And so I release you with a full heart for the love of what once you were. May you be happy in the life you've chosen.
2: Now I recognize you, spirit, and why you've come back to haunt me, torture me no more. Some shadows still to see. No, I can bear it no longer. Haunt me no longer. The light you shine is too bright for my eyes to bear. Give me your cap so I may extinguish it, and you. In a puff of smoke, the figure was gone, and I had barely time to reel to my bed, exhausted from the long night's travels, where I fell into a heavy sleep. What's that? Oh, oh. Oh. The clock ticking away. Awake in the night of time. Almost one. When the second messenger Marley sends me from the grave will arrive. What ghastly shape might he take? What hideous form? What torture might this one plan for me? At least I am prepared for anything. Well, prepared for anything, but... But nothing. Uh, Hello there, spirit. Are you invisible to me? (laughs) What's that? That great light from beneath my sitting room door. Here's a fearful waste of light. A shocking extravagance. I must go in and douse these candles. Yet I am afraid to enter. Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge. Stop skulking there behind your bedroom door. Enter, man. Enter. Why, here's a prodigal spending of light in a great roaring blaze hot enough to set the chimney flue on fire. (laughs)
6: Look well
2: on me. Have you never seen the like of me before? Never. It is time your eyes were opened to this... Another thing... Spirit, I will be no trouble. Conduct me where you will. I went forth last night on compulsion, and I learned a lesson which is working now. Tonight, if you have aught to teach me, let me profit by it. Hold fast to my robe. In the blink of an eye, we were transported to a mean and shabby little house. Threadbare, but clean as a new washed shirt and redolent of the mouth-watering smell of goose basking in sage and onion and aromas of an eating house and pastry cooks next together which came from the Christmas pudding.
4: Whatever has got your precious father then and your brother, Tiny Tim? I never remember him, Martha, as late as this on Christmas, dear.
2: What a place is this? house of your clerk, Bob Cratchit. See, here he comes now. That child he carries on his shoulder with a little crutch in his hand and his lower limbs bound in an iron cage. The youngest of the cratchits, tiny Tim. Why, look at him struggle after the others as his father sets him down. Where are they off to? To watch one of the merriest sights of this merriest of seasons. The golden goose turn on the spit. Shh! listen
4: how late you are my dear and how cold Ah, oh come come sit you down by the fire and have a warm lord bless you
3: after i've had a look at that goose too
4: first tell me how did tiny tim behave through the service oh as good as gold
3: and better somehow he gets thoughtful sitting by himself so much Mm. and thinks the strangest things you ever heard
4: i know What was it this time?
3: He told me, coming home, he hoped everyone in the church saw him because he was a cripple. Because it might be pleasant to them to remember upon Christmas Day who it was made lame beggars walk and blind men see. Oh, Bob.
4: Bob. Oh, I fear so much for you. No,
3: no, no, no. You must not, my
2: dear. Remember the day. Come, let's join the others. Tell me, spirit, will tiny Tim live? I see a vacant seat in the poor chimney corner and a little crutch without an owner. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child will die. Oh, no, kind spirit. Spare him. That from you recall your own words. If he be like to die, he had better do it and decrease the surplus... Population, oh, I am ashamed. And should be man, if you be man at heart. Forbear that wicked cant until you have discovered what the surplus is and where it is.
3: Listen. A toast before we eat to Mr. Scrooge. To me? I'll give you Mr. Scrooge, the founder of the feast.
4: The founder of the feast indeed. Oh, I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon, and I'd hope he'd have a good appetite for it.
3: Oh, my dear, the children, Christmas Day.
4: Well, I'll bring to his health for your sake and the day's. Not for his. Long life to him. A merry Christmas and a happy new year. Oh, you'll be very merry and very happy, I've no doubt. And now,
3: a merry Christmas to us all, my dears. God bless
4: us, God bless us, everyone.
2: My very name cast a pall upon the happiness. But march you on the wealth of spirit among them, which thought kindly on a man with as little spirit as yours. In particular, that poor little lad, Tiny Tim. Did you notice how generous he was to end the toast with, God bless us, everyone. Including even me. What a valiant little soul, in spite of all his handicaps. Perhaps your eyes are opening at last. But come, you have more to learn. Where now? Your nephew's house. <laughs>
4: <laughs> he said he said that Christmas was a humbug, as I live, he believed it too. more shame for him, Fred, that my uncle-in-law should speak so.
2: well, he's a comical old fellow, and not so pleasant as he might be, oh,
4: yes.
2: however, his offences carry their own punishment, and I have nothing to say against him, and I will have no downturned mouths at this season. So here is a glass of mulled wine
4: to our hands.
2: Let's drink to the old man.
4: well, he has given us plenty of merriment at that. So, to Uncle Scrooge.
2: A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to the old man, whatever he is. He wouldn't take it from me, but may he have it nevertheless. To Uncle Scrooge. To Uncle Scrooge. No, 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 wait, wait. L- let me go to them, uh, explain. Too late for me. The hour grows too late. Away. Where stand we now? this open place. A crossroads where I must leave you. Forgive me what I ask, but I see something strange protruding from the skirt of your robe. That might be a claw for all the flesh there is upon it. Yes. Then see what you
4: must see.
2: From the sanctuary came forth a boy and a girl. Yellow, meager, ragged, scowling, Wolfish, but prostrate, too, in their humility. I started back appalled. Spirit, are these yours? They are man's. The boy is ignorance, the girl is want. Beware of them both and all of their degree. But most of all, beware this boy. For on his brow I see written doom. Unless the writing can be erased. I'm sounding. Wait. Have these pitiful creatures no refuge or resource? I answer in your own words. Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? Hold for one moment. Help me. Where should I turn? Turn and face your future. The black phantom that approaches you now. Haste your future, your future. As the last stroke of the bell struck twelve, Scrooge turned to face a dread figure, a solemn phantom, draped and hooded in blacks and deep grays. Coming, creeping like the mist about it towards him. The last phantom silently, slowly, gravely approached. It was shrouded in a deep black garment which concealed its head, its face, its form and left nothing of it visible save one outstretched hand, which served as its only voice, for the spirit neither spoke nor moved. I am in the presence of the ghost of Christmas yet to come. You answer not, but point where we are to go. Lead on, spirit, and I will follow... A great black cloud gathered me and carried me willy-nilly to the streets. Its shroud, like the figure that stood by me, hung about me as I listened to two gentlemen talking in the street. So, Mr. Grimes, old scratch has got his own at last. I have been so informed, Mr. Goodfellow. When did he die? Last night,
3: I believe. What on earth could
2: he have caught?
3: I thought he'd never die. God
2: knows. Why should I care? What has he done
3: with his money?
2: Heaven knows. Not left to charity, and certainly not to me. Left to his company, perhaps. Mm,
3: God knows. He appears not to have had any
2: sort of personal tie. By which token, it's like to be a very cheap funeral. (laughs) For upon my life, I cannot think of anybody to go to it. Fool to dismiss another human being in such terms. Forgive me, dread ghost. I did not mean to diverge. You wish to reveal something to me? You have my full attention.
4: Fred, the news is bad. Bad. We are quite ruined. Oh no, there's hope for us yet. You hear a lens. If he forgives or forgave, there might have been. Ah, oh, but it is too late for the miracle. Poor
2: old miserable boy. He's past relenting. He's dead. No, wait, spirit, wait. I'm not ready to leave. What else would you have me look on?
4: Tell me again about today. About little tin on the grave.
2: It, it,
3: it would have done you good to see how green a place it is, oh. but you'll see it often. I, I promised him I would walk there every other Sunday. My last born. My poor little broken child. stop, oh, please.
4: I shall break down with you.
3: Oh, my darling. We can all try to be brave, but how can we hide our sorrow? What is more final and dreadful than death
2: I want to help specter but something informs me that our parting moment is at hand tell me what man was it I saw lying dead very well You point where to this time a churchyard and here we are the headstone. You would have me read it? Uh, tell me, are these the shadows of things that will be or may be only? Oh, my own name, Ebenezer Scrooge. Spirit, hear me. I am not the man I was. I will not be the man I must have been from all this intercourse. Why show me this if I am past all hope? For once you make no motion. Your nature intercedes for me and pities me. Good spirit, I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. The three spirits shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. Oh, tell me I may sponge away the writing on this stone. Give me your hand, I beg you. Give me your hand. I hold you to me. You cannot disappear. You cannot disappear. You... Oh, oh, bless my soul. What I cling to is my own bedpost. And wait, wait. Wait. Perhaps my time is my own to make amends in. Yes, I will live in the past in the present and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. Old Jacob Marley, heaven and Christmas time be praised for this. I say it on my knees, old Jacob, on my knees. I don't know what to do. I'm as light as a feather, and I am as happy as an angel. I'm as merry as a schoolboy. I'm as giddy as a drunken man. A Merry Christmas to everyone! A Happy New Year to all the world! Hello there! Oh, hello. Oh, oh, there's the saucepan the gruel's in. There's the door by which the ghost of Jacob Marley entered. There's the corner where I saw the wandering spirits. It's all right. It's true. It all happened. Oh, 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 my God. I don't know how long I've been among the spirits. I'm a baby. I don't know what month it is. Throw open the window and rejoin the world. Hey, Mr. Grimes, what's today?
3: Why, uh, uh,
2: uh, Christmas Day. Christmas Day! I haven't missed it. The spirits have done it all in one night. They can do what they like. Of course they can. Hello, my fine fellow.
3: Uh, hello. Uh, Merry
2: Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Do you still run the poulterer's shop in the next street but one at the corner i should hope i did on my way to open up oh pray then mr grimes do i dare hope you have not yet sold the prize turkey that was hanging up there not the little prize turkey the big prize turkey (laughs) the one as big as an ostrich oh a delightful man a pleasure to talk to him yes mr grimes it is hanging there now well what are we waiting for i want to buy it Bring it here that I may give directions where to take it. Send back your boy and I'll give him a shilling. Have him bring it back in less than five minutes and I'll give him half a crown. Better still, here's a five-pound note. Send him to deliver the turkey to Mr. Cratchit by cab at the address I give you. And what's left shall be your Christmas present and his. Shaving was not an easy task... for my hand was shaking... and shaving demands attention. At last it was finished... and I dressed myself in all my best... and issued forth to the streets. The first person I met... was a portly gentleman... who had walked into my counting house... the day before saying... Scrooge and Marley's, I believe. I hastened to intercept him. My dear sir... how do you do? I beg your pardon. I hope you succeeded yesterday... A merry Christmas to you, sir. Mr. Scrooge, that is my name. I fear not pleasant to you. Allow me to ask your pardon, and will you have the goodness to allow me to contribute? May I have your ear, sir? Mm? Lord bless me so much. My dear Mr. Scrooge, are you really serious? If you please... Not a farthing less. Will you do me that favor? Oh, my dear sir. I don't know what to say to well, such Well, don't a say hypothesis. anything. Come and see me. Will you come and see me? I will indeed. Thank you. I thank you 50 times. Bless you. <laughs> Merry Christmas, I... By all that's holy, is it you, Uncle? Me, Fred. You did ask me to dinner. Am I too late to take up the invitation? (coughs) Too late? Uh, Will you let me in? Will I let you in? Why, here's the merriest turn a Christmas can take, darling, wife. Here's Uncle Scrooge to share our Christmas. Isn't that a present for this
4: day? You couldn't have brought Fred a better one. Welcome to our home, Uncle.
2: For only the first... Of many times, I hope. It's a whole new year. Yes, and you may spend it all with us, if you will. Only today, for I must be in the office as early as can be. (laughs) No, 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 no. Don't steal glances at each other. It isn't business on my mind, but recompense. (laughs) And since at last I have learned to laugh, (laughs) I want to have my first joke with the man I have perhaps wronged most all of these years, my faithful Bob Cratchit. A wonderful day, an evening with my nephew, a deep sleep that might have lasted for days, except that I was bound and determined to be earlier than my clerk at the counting house that Monday morning. I was as pleased as a child when I beat him there. Even more pleased to find that for once he was late. When the door opened and he came in, he was a full 18 and one half minutes behind his time. His hat and scarf were off before he opened the door. In terror of the man I had been, he was on his stool in a jiffy, Writing his pen as if you were trying to overtake the last minutes. Uh, morning, Mr. Scrooge. Morning. A little late for that. What do you mean by coming here this time of day? I I am very sorry, sir. I am behind time. You are? Yes, yes, I think
3: you are. Now, step this way, sir, if you please. It's only once a year, sir. It shall
2: not be repeated. I, I was making rather merry yesterday, sir. Now, now, I'll tell you what, my friend. I'm not going to stand by this sort of thing any longer. And therefore, I feel myself forced to raise your salary.
3: Why, why, Mr. Scrooge,
2: sir, do you feel all right? A merry Christmas, Bob. A merrier Christmas than I have given you for many a year. Not only raise your salary, but discuss your affairs... and endeavor to help your struggling family over a Christmas bowl of smoking bishop. So, make up the fires till they hot us right out of the county house before you dot another eye, Bob Cratchit. It's not only a new year, but a whole new world for both of us. As we all know, Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. And he made a good new will for his nephew and his future partner, Bob Cratchit. One thing after a long life he took to his grave, that he knew how to keep Christmas well. May it be truly said of all of us, and as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone.
0: Oh, you know, what a a heartwarming story.
1: Well, it's oh. a story that is retold and retold every year, and has never—I don't believe—ever gone out of print. And no, is it is still being produced and yep. reproduced all the time. So it is definitely a lifelong classic.
0: Yeah, it really is. Um, you're absolutely right about it never going out of print. Um, and in fact, you know, I think I think Dickens—you know—for the re- pretty much for the rest of his life. Uh, he just made a living on going around doing readings of A Christmas Carol. Um, it, was a, it was a pretty huge success for him. So, And he actually went on to write uh, three or four other Christmas stories that I don't think ever really uh, hit it as big. Um, but, yeah. Do you, do you know what those were? Because I wasn't aware of that. Uh, one was called The Chimes. One was called The Cricket on the Hearth. The Battle of Life. And The Haunted Man and the Ghosts Bargained. Hmm. Hmm. And I haven't heard of any of those. No, me neither. So, <laughs> so there you go. Like, this was clearly his, uh, his uh, big, big success. None of, none of his other stories could hold a candle to uh, the success that, that this story had and, and how it really touched people. And I do. I love, I love the theme of, like, charity and change and evolution, turning into a better person. Um, making peace with your past. I mean, I think there's so many great themes in this. So,
1: Well, I was just thinking, you know, I wonder if Scrooge is the original grumpy old man.
0: Get off my lawn! Yeah, I think he was. <laughs> so true. <laughs> well, all right, my friend. Well, listen, uh, the hour is getting late for us, and uh, I'm sure we both have stuff that we got to go do to get ready for the big day which is soon, but uh, I'm glad everybody could join us for this special little episode. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we will be back in a week with some more great shows uh, and uh, the big new year. So on behalf of uh, us and, of course, Liz and Steve, who aren't here, we hope everybody has a wonderful holiday and a very happy new year
1: indeed and thank you all for sticking with us through this year and you know we have to do a little shout out to Liz Malone too because she's been with us a a full year now and so we'll give her a little nod next time she's with us on the show as well but she's put up with three three guys for a year and she's brought a lot to the show so it's
0: true well there you go hopefully she's listening
1: we know she will (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's true. All right.
0: All right. Well, well, hey, uh before we go, why don't we tell people where people can find us?
1: Sure. They can find us online at
0: atbanter.com. And they can also drop us an email if they so desire at cowbell at atbanter.com. And they can
1: find us on Facebook. And yes, we are still on Twitter. And they can find us on Mastodon. Yay. Yay. Cool. And wherever you listen to your podcast. That's right.
0: All right, everybody. Well, that is going to about do it for us this Christmas. Big thanks, of course, to everybody for listening in. And we will see everybody next week. Happy Holidays.
1: do the jingle 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 to start and yeah and then we'll start playing okay so then we just go i'll come in after one bar
0: please nice. you recorded that. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs>